You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Friday, November 9th, 2018. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special two sports episode the first time uh, this year, this season, that we're going to discuss both Penn State football and Penn State men's basketball. Penn State hoops get underway tonight, Friday night, if you're listening to this, uh, before they tip off 7.30 against North Florida at home. We're going to discuss that in the first two segments of our show here. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Eric Gibson, who has covered Penn State basketball, written about Penn State basketball, followed it for a number of years, and uh, we had a nice a nice chat about what to expect from the Nittany Lions on the hardwood this year, and if they can actually make the NCAA tournament for the first time under Pat Chambers, who is entering his eighth season, which seems crazy, uh, but it is true. Penn State, of course, uh, if you don't remember, and honestly, how could you forget, NIT champs last year, uh, they don't bring back Tony Carr or Shep Garner, but they have a good, talented core uh, led by Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins and Josh Reeves. So we're going to get into that uh, shortly here uh, and just kind of give a, a quick outlook on the season and, and what to hopefully expect from the Nittany Lions. I will say they were picked, uh, <laughs> Joe Lenardi from ESPN released his bracket, uh, his initial bracketology for the season. And uh, Penn State was the first team out, which is, come on, Joe, throw throw the Nittany Lions a bone. <laughs> don't 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 do that again. Don't do that again to us. So we'll see. Hopefully, Penn State doesn't have his usual letdown somewhere in January, February. But it wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Uh, we'll get to that, and then we'll also get to in the last part of our show. We'll get to talking about Penn State football again. Yes, Penn State still has a football team. They are playing Wisconsin on Saturday. Nittany Lions trying to get back on track after that really brutal loss to Michigan last week. Penn State uh, going into that game at noon at Beaver Stadium as an eight and a half point favorite. That game will be on ABC, by the way. So uh, we're going to end today's show with the top five countdown Penn State and Wisconsin related. It uh, looks back the last time those two teams met which was far different circumstances, but a very memorable game for Penn State. So we'll have all that coming up on today's show, uh, but we start with Penn State basketball talk with Eric Gibson. Here's my interview with Eric. All right, I am happy to be joined now by Eric Gibson. He covers basketball for Roar Lions Roar, has been writing about Penn State basketball for probably more than a decade Back when I remember looking at some of these blogs back when I didn't know what a blog was, probably knows more about Penn State basketball than or as much about it as any human being on the planet. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, Steven. I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the introduction. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I remember, uh, what was it? Crimson and Cream? Crimson and Cream was my very Crimson first one. That was like back right. when I was a, uh, a Penn State student. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it's been like a decade. It's kind of <laughs> kind of wild. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's hope that this is one of the better years for writing and blogging about Penn State basketball. And it could be. I, I think uh, maybe fans who aren't, you know, are, are half paying attention to Penn State basketball or know that they were okay last year and missed the tournament and then lost their best player might not be that excited. But 
I think there is some reason for optimism. Uh, kind of explain to me and explain to the people out there why there is some reason for optimism and, and what your hopes are heading into this 2018-19 season. Uh, well, there's uh, there's plenty of reason for optimism because they bring a lot of uh, some talent back. I mean, the big headlines obviously have been the loss of uh, Shep Garner and Tony Carr, and that's the big question mark heading into the season, um, all freshman backcourt. But um, they return Lamar Stevens. They return Mike Watkins. Both of those guys um, from Philly have shown that they are um, all Big Ten caliber players. Um, Josh Reeves is back as well, senior um, leader that has done a little bit of everything in his career. Um, so with those three guys, I mean, you can honestly say um, they're probably three of the top 20 players in the league, um, 25 players maybe, um, which is kind of wild. I mean, Penn State's never really had um, a returning nucleus like that in, mm-hmm. in quite some time. So, um, you know, regardless of what your expectations are for this season, um, the good thing is it, it has it's going to carry meaning, um, especially for Chambers and his tenure here. Um, it's kind of like they've been building and building and building up to this point. Um, you know, there, there have been times where you go into a Penn State basketball season where you just know they're going to finish in the basement and they have a uh, little chance. But this year, um, with the conference looking the way it is and and with the returning talent that they have, the possibilities are, are on the table. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, this to me feels like even without – Tony Carr, who obviously would have been great to have back, but the talent that they have with Lamar Stevens, who can be a guy who I think could score 18, 20 a game, 25 on a given night if he if he's shooting the ball well. Josh Reeves, who might probably a first-team All-Big Ten defensive player, and then Mike Watkins, uh, depending exactly what you get out of him, returning from a knee injury, and he's also been dealing with some off-the-court stuff, but those three guys are probably as talented like that as you mentioned that nucleus that they have and they've also added a few guys uh most notably freshman guard miles dread i know you watched him uh play at penn state had a scrimmage at west virginia the other uh, on last saturday and they won it was nice for a penn state team to get a nice win last saturday so uh what can you tell us about miles dread and how he looked against the mountaineers uh, Miles Dredd um, is a sweet shooting two guard. Um, he's got a picture perfect form, um, and he's going to be uh, relied upon to replace a lot of those threes that departed with uh, Shep Garner and uh, Tony Carr. Um, you know, we've I've gotten a chance to know Miles Miles Dredd just because he's been committed to uh, Penn State for so long. He committed, I think it was the summer of 2016, maybe. I mean, it's been a while. And, and honestly, the first time I actually saw him. And, and me and, and my uh, co-editor, Chad Markulix at RLR, we both um, kind of fell in love with him when, when they played uh, Roman Catholic. And this is back before mm. Tony Carr and Lamar Stevens right. were even on campus. Um, <laughs> so they went down to Gonzaga, and, and Gonzaga is a uh, part of the uh, Washington Catholic League, right. um, very uh, prestigious high school program. And they had this, I think he was a sophomore at the time, or he might even have been a freshman. I don't remember. But either way, this this kid came out and it was like, yo, this guy is pretty good. And then, you know, then his name is Miles Dredd, and you can't forget a name like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we've been following him ever since. And Penn State was recruiting him. Um, he's part of their um, the coaching staff's uh, blueprint. You know, Keith Ergo used to coach at Gonzaga, plays for um, Team Takeover Team Takeover AAU, which is one of the top Nike programs, um, which is also the same program that produced Josh Reeves. So, so Penn State had an in with there. They recruited him early. They committed. They locked him up early. So we've been able to follow him um, in his scholastic career like the last two years. And he has been 
Um, he hasn't been rated very highly by the uh, recruiting services, but he's just, um, you know, what you would call a gamer, um, high character kid, hard worker, um, and, and has just played on the biggest stages in high school um, and has, has thrived. So th that, there's a lot of expectations for him. Um, he started that exhibition game against West Virginia and he came mm -hmm. out and he poured in uh, 23 points with five threes. Um, did an, an amazing job playing um, off of Lamar Stevens. Because, you know, that's what's going to happen. Lamar Stevens right. is going to be the option number one. He's going to face a lot of double teams. Defenses are going to key on him. Um, and Penn State ran a lot of nice offense, moved the ball, um, found the space. And, and Miles especially just is always in the catch-and-shoot position whenever he, uh, he receives the pass. So um, there's a lot to like about Miles Dredd. Um, and, you know, that debut on, on this past Saturday was uh, pretty impressive. Not a lot of uh, Penn State freshmen have uh, – I mean, granted, it was a game that didn't count, but right. <laughs> it, even still, though, especially going on the road, playing in a, a hostile environment, because there was, there was a student section there, and uh, West Virginia is rated number 13 – ranked number 13 in the preseason AP poll. So right. um, there's, there's not a whole lot you can knock there, so – We'll see how he does. I mean, we got to keep uh, in mind he's a true freshman, but there's there's reason to have serious expectations for him. We have to step away for a quick break, but we'll get back to the interview in just a minute. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Kind of going off of that, uh, just that scrimmage in general, like where are you on the the scale of 
oh, it's just a scrimmage and doesn't matter versus they beat West Virginia. I'm going to go call my bookie and put a hundred bucks on Penn State <laughs> winning the Big Ten. Like where on that sliding scale, like how close are you to one side or the other? I am definitely closer to calling my bookie, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily pull the trigger. But I, okay. I mean, but when, I mean, for an exhibition game, though, it was as high level of an exhibition game as you could possibly have. Uh, both teams definitely wanted to win. Um, you know, like I said, West Virginia was is ranked in the preseason, so and they've made the Sweet Sixteen like three of the last four years. Bob Huggins' program has been relevant for a while. They're they're a quality team, no no questions asked. And, I've uh, I've heard that playing them is like spending a weekend at your in laws. I don't know if that's was, true. I've just I've so I've heard <laughs> from our buddy John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they're tough. I mean, they're pressed Virginia for a reason. Um, you know and. Now, you got to keep it in perspective. West Virginia also is replacing their backcourt. They lost Javon Carter and Daxter Miles, um, who carried them all last year. Um, and then they also had one of their returning guards who was hurt. I forget what his name is. Apologies for that. But um, So they were breaking in a new backcourt, too. Um, but still, Penn State went on the road, top 25 team, um, in a game that both teams were definitely trying to win. Um, I know Sagaba Kanate is one of the best players in college basketball. Um he uh, he was supposed to be on a minutes restriction because he's been dealing with some preseason injuries. And uh, I th- Bob Huggins said that he was only supposed to play up to 20 minutes. He ended up playing like 26 or 27, was on the court for the last like five, 10 minutes. Um, so both teams definitely trying to win. And Penn State, um, it became one of those things where, you know, with Penn State, you always can try to find the moral victories in, as, as they try to uh, right. make the uh, NCAA tournament become relevant. But um with this exhibition game, they jumped out to a 10 nothing lead um, and, and were kind of in control of the game like the whole time. But West Virginia kept coming back, coming back. Um, but Penn State, especially their freshman guards, had an answer every time uh, West Virginia made a run. West Virginia would tie the game. Miles Dredd would come down, drain a three. Um, and then West Virginia actually ended up taking the lead with about two minutes to go. Um, and it was like, here we go. Penn State's going to lose. They're going to fold down the stretch. Um, and then Rossier Bolton, um, who we got to talk about, because yeah. he's he's just as uh, important as Miles Dre is going to be. Um, he came down, banked in a three. So I mean, you could say it's luck or, or whatnot, but um, Bolton's definitely going to be able to shoot shoot from three as well. Um, and then the next play, Jamari Wheeler had a, a steal, passed it to Bolton again, who had an and one, and it was just like that. Within like twenty seconds, Penn State was back up on top by five points, which is what they were able to uh, ride to uh, a 42 win. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to dis- – I don't think you can discount anything just because it was an exhibition. I do sure. think um, the positives were real. Um, it's just unfortunately it doesn't count uh, for anything towards their season goals, and now it's up to them to uh, build upon it. Yeah. Yeah, and Penn State, uh, for those of you who don't know, starts its regular season for real on Friday night hosting North Florida. Pat Chambers' eighth season at Penn State, which is crazy to think about, but that will get underway on Friday night. That was Eric Gibson from Roar, Lions Roar. I want to thank him again for his time and insight there. Guy knows a ton about Penn State basketball, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about PSU hoops a little bit more as the season progresses here. Could be an interesting season. Let's let's cross our fingers that that is the case. All right, we're stepping away for another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to have a top five countdown about Penn State, Wisconsin. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions.
Welcome back to the show. Uh, Closing out today's episode by switching gears a little bit, focusing back to Penn State football. Uh, I'm not even talking about Penn State-Wisconsin's 2018 matchup as much as I want to talk about Penn State and Wisconsin's 2016 matchup, which of course happened in the Big Ten title game. That was the last time these two teams met just about 23 months ago in Indianapolis. It was a very memorable contest. Penn State, of course, a 38-31 winner. They were down 28-7 at one point. Uh, looking back at the box score and looking back at the winning percentage or the, the winning prediction, there was at one point in the second quarter a 97% chance that Wisconsin was going to win this game. So Penn State had a 3% chance to win this game. They, of course, did. Uh, yeah, there was a time when Penn State didn't, didn't, didn't give up Games that seemed like they were guaranteed wins and said they turned guaranteed, almost guaranteed losses into wins. So that's nice to think about. Uh, of course, you know, it, the biggest, maybe biggest win for James Franklin, Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, that that whole crew at Penn State, a, a really high watermark for that group in this program in the last couple of years, uh, a game and, and a championship team that I think many Penn State fans will be forever appreciative of. Um, so I want to do a top five countdown of the top five Penn State touchdowns in that game. I know you're saying they scored 38 points. They only scored five touchdowns. That's right. But we're going to count them out down in order of the top five. Here we go. Number five on that list, Saquon Barkley scored from one yard out in the third quarter, which tied the game up at 28. So this was a game-tying touchdown. It was a big deal. Uh, it happened after Penn State had a huge sack against Wisconsin quarterback Bart Houston. Remember Bart Houston? Uh, they uh, pushed. They uh, eventually took it all the way down to the one, and Saquon tied up at 28 in the third quarter. It wasn't like a great Saquon Barkley one-yard touchdown either. He had some really good ones when he was in a Penn State uniform, but this one was a pretty run-of-the-mill, and uh, you tied the game, but Penn State's four other touchdowns were better. Moving on. Number four on that list. Uh, from that game two years ago. Saeed Blacknell scored two touchdowns. His number four on our list is his 40-yarder in the second quarter, which was a huge play. This was just an absolute critical play. Uh, Penn State was down 20-7. to This was after that McSorley uh, fumbled in this game, and it, this is when Wisconsin had the 97% chance to win, is the possession or two before this. McSorley got sacked and fumbled. Penn State... Held Wisconsin, though, on a three and out, and uh, Penn State got the ball back, and with uh, not too much time left in the first half, uh, 40 yards out, McSorley found Blacknell on the sideline. Uh, the guy who was covering him missed a tackle, and Saeed kind of easily waltzed into the end zone and made it 28-14 to before halftime in a very crucial game. Might not, probably, probably doesn't win. Like, Penn State doesn't win that game without that touchdown. And it wasn't even his best touchdown of the game for Saeed Blackman, that is. That's that's crazy stuff. Number three on this list, Mike Gusecki's touchdown. This is Penn State's first of the game. Is a 33-yard bomb. This was just, ooh, ooh, it was pretty. Penn State was down 14-0, too, to start this one. And McSorley just kind of throws it up. Uh, Gusecki had a smaller defender. I, I'm not sure if it was a corner or safety. Either way, a smaller guy on him. And uh, just a beautiful throw to the front corner of the end zone. Gasecki goes up and gets it with his 6'5 frame. Very athletic dude who just can jump over anyone. It was a beautiful play. A beautiful throw. Probably a better catch. 
And still, it's number three on our list of Penn State's top five touchdowns from the 2016 Big Ten title game. Number two on this list, 70-yarder to Saeed Blacknell, who, you know, this was better than his 40-yarder. It was almost twice as good because it was 70 yards. Uh, this was kind of like the, hey, it's the second half. We're losing. Trace McSorley is just going to throw everything down the field, and someone's going to catch it and probably score for Penn State. And that's that's the way things used to be. That hasn't happened very much this year at all, but uh, this did happen against Wisconsin last time. Blackmore kind of caught the ball in the middle of the field and then took it the rest of the way. It was one of might have been Penn State's first play of the second half. It was on a first down play, and uh, where Joe Moorhead just said, "Let's just let's just go for it. Let's just heave the ball down the field, and good things are going to happen." And and they certainly did. That that made it twenty eight twenty one, and and really was the tide turner that uh that that made you think Penn State's going to win this game. Number one touchdown, the only one left. You know what it is, Trace. To Saquon, probably the prettiest pass that, that Trace Sorley has ever thrown for Penn State, and maybe with the re- exception of the Rose Bowl crazy touchdown, Saquon Barkley's most memorable touchdown in a Penn State uniform. Uh, Saquon on the re- wheel route out of the backfield. It was only an 18-yard pass. In my head, it feels like it was longer. 18 yards. Uh, Trace just puts perfect touch on this thing, drops it right into Saquon, who burns TJ Watt, now a very good NFL linebacker burns him right down the right sideline. McSorley just drops it in there perfectly. This gave Penn State the lead in the fourth quarter. There's actually a lot of time left. Penn State didn't score again. It was like 12 or 13 minutes left when they scored this. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe Trace McSorley's prettiest touchdown at Penn State and and his most memorable. It was a uh, yeah, basically sealed the win. Well, it was the go ahead and and uh, you could say game winner. It was it was memorable. I'm sure you've seen the highlight three dozen times by now. But it was a beautiful play in a very memorable game. Chase Smith only had 384 yards. 384. I mean, Penn State was losing a lot in that one, so they're basically had to throw the whole time. Blacknell and Deshaun Hamilton and 100 yards receiving. It was a crazy game. Penn State was a, a two and a half point underdog in that one too. I was surprised when I went back and looked at that. Um, so yeah, a lot has changed. Not as much as on stake, on stake, at stake this weekend when you have two six and three teams playing a noon game. But still, it would be nice to see Penn State get a win over Wisconsin this weekend and uh, kind of right the ship a little bit. Maybe Trace McSorley can, can get back on track a little bit as well personally playing against uh, against that, that team with the W's on their helmet. So Maybe we'll see some shades of 2016. If not, we'll, we'll always have to, that YouTube video to go back and watch of all the highlights, which I did for this. It, it was very enjoyable to do. Uh, so, yeah, in case things if things aren't going well on Saturday, you know, just just turn off the TV and pop that on and, uh, you know, make you smile a little bit. Uh, but, yes, we will be back next week to talk about whatever does happen uh, here with Penn State and Wisconsin on Saturday. Again, that game is at noon on ABC. Penn State, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Badgers. Um, it seems like that Tracy Sully is going to play and uh, be Penn State's starter, and they'll sprinkle in Tommy Stevens here and there. It seems like it should go better than last week. We will see. Uh, safe travels to anyone who is is making the trip up there. If you uh, need something to listen to, I highly recommend going back and listen to our, our previous shows this week. We had three shows earlier this week, uh, two of them talking about Michigan, kind of 
an autopsy there of what happened and what went wrong and uh, what it means for Penn State. And we also had uh, a good look at, at Wisconsin and uh, three things to know this week for Penn State Wisconsin on uh, Tuesday's show. Excuse me, that was Wednesday's show. So yeah, go back and uh, listen to those things if you can. Also, please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on Nittany Lines, also on Spotify now. Uh, so please subscribe to the show if you can and leave us a rating and review. We really, really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, enjoy Penn State basketball. If you're watching that this weekend, enjoy Penn State Wisconsin. If you're watching that this weekend, we will be back on Monday to discuss Nittany Lions Badgers. I will talk to you then.